We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 AM. WSBT Wednesday means Brian Driscoll and Irish breakdown time as we look toward Notre Dame and Cincinnati coming up Saturday at Notre Dame Stadium and right here, 2.30 kickoff on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, Brian, let's start. I was playing some, uh, some sound bites from Luke Fickle, Cincinnati head coach in our first segment. The most direct connection between these two teams. There are actually a lot of connections, but the most direct one right now, Marcus Freeman, of course, who was Fickle's defensive coordinator for four years before coming here to Notre Dame. How do you think that familiarity, what effect does it have? Does it give either side more of an advantage in this game Saturday? I think it gives, I would say, probably Notre Dame a more of an advantage. And the reason I say that is is because Cincinnati's coaches know what Marcus Freeman's defense is about relative to working within the confines of what Luke Fickle wanted at Cincinnati, plus mm-hmm. working with the talent that Cincinnati had. Notre Dame's talent level is completely different. They don't have a, a love what Cam Hart's doing, and Clarence Lewis is playing solid football, but neither one of them are Ahmed Gardner. Uh, with all due respect to MyJ Sanders, as a unit, Cincinnati did not have the front four that Notre Dame has. So we're already seeing Marcus Freeman become more of a, a four-down oriented defensive coach the last couple weeks than he was at Cincinnati, where they were almost predominantly three down. So Marcus Freeman has adapted his system to fit what Notre Dame does. Cincinnati's pretty much just who they are. I haven't seen really anything new from them. They're running the same kind of, you know, three, three, five looks with the same linebacker stunts and same aggressive coverages that we've seen. Um, and then when you combine the fact that not only does he know Mike Dembrock well, having coached with my, Coach Dembrock, who's one of my favorite people in the in the in the coaching world, by the way, but also Brian Kelly knows Mike Dembrock. So I think in most of these advantages, I think I think the advantage is, is for Notre Dame in this regards. Yeah, and Mike Tressel, you mentioned how they're playing defense. How how different is it just in terms of, you know, it sounds like, you know, from their perspective, maybe, you know, it's different than what Marcus Freeman is doing now, but is there much of a change from what Marcus Freeman was doing when he was at Cincinnati? 
not anything noticeable. There's some, you know, there, there's some, I'd say I just the games I've broken down, I'm seeing the linebackers be a little bit more aggressive downhill and some run stunts than maybe we saw at times last year. A little less rotations. You know, they're kind of sticking more true to their personnel, I think, than they did last year. Uh, part of that's because they, they did lose some pretty good veteran defensive linemen, which I think has is, is kind of impacted that a little bit. But, no, it's it's they're they're very similar to what they were last year. I mean, from a alignment standpoint, a coverage structure standpoint, um, they mix up their coverages a little bit more than they did last year, at least from what I've seen so far. Uh, but it's also kind of hard to tell too, Sean, because they've played Murray State, Miami, Ohio, and Indiana so far. They haven't been tested the way that I think Notre Dame's, you know, the way Marcus Freeman's had to be tested early this season with some of the teams that they've played. So uh, I have a feeling they may have a few tricks up their sleeve uh, for Notre Dame this weekend. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, you mentioned Denbrock, and he, of course, was part of Brian Kelly's first staff here at Notre Dame, and, and uh, you know, he... Uh, went to Cincinnati to join Fickle's first staff after that Notre Dame's 4-8 and eight season. Had a chance to potentially uh, go join up with Clark Lee, who he didn't coach with here at Notre Dame, but had a chance to, to join him in Vanderbilt. Do you think he made the right decision to stay where he is? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> I mean, um, I know things aren't working out right now well, for Clark it's, Lee. It's not even just that. It's not even just that. Since that – I mean, obviously, yeah, that's, a, that's a long rebuild there. Yeah. You know, but Cincinnati's headed to the Big 12 most likely soon. And, and I would much rather be Cincinnati in the Big 12 than Vanderbilt anywhere, and with all due respect. I mean, yeah. you know, the, Vanderbilt's never going to be a juggernaut in football. Uh, I think he's also a Midwestern guy. You know, he's got a family and kids and all that. And, you know, you don't get uproot him. Cincinnati's not a, not a bad place to live. And so I, I think he made the right decision. And, and I think Luke Fickle's the kind of the guy that you'd, you'd, you'd like working for. You know, he's very demanding, but at the same time is, is going to let you do your thing and, and – uh, I've heard nothing but good things about him as a, as a person to work for. So I, I think he made the right decision, absolutely. What about the intangibles as we look at this game? Fickle said this week that this is probably the biggest regular season game Cincinnati's had since he's been there. He, you know, he said it's a big game. Notre Dame's obviously been in a lot of big games. So how do you, how do you sort of apply that? What kind of impact could there be there from that aspect? Yesterday, my answer would have been completely different. Yesterday, my answer would have been as follows. Look, this is a concern I have with Notre Dame at times, is Brian Kelly looks at every game as a big game in, in, in to the point to where it's like, so then no game is a big game. 
right? Because they look at them all the same. And at times in these big moments, Notre Dame has not shown up and been able to match their opponent's intensity, right? That's been mm-hmm. a concern. Right. Then the Cincinnati players started running their mouths <laughs> and and talking about how the crowd is going to be quiet. I know for a fact that there's definitely been some bullet board stuff put up in the manner in which they do it. The Notre Dame players are very, very aware and it's kind of one of those things that, yes, this is a big moment for you, but any chance you had at maybe sneaking up on Notre Dame, you eliminated by by saying what you're saying. And this is what, one thing I respect a lot about the Notre Dame players. They never give anybody bullying. I mean, the last time was when Liam Eikenberg <laughs> going to the Virginia Tech game was like, we're going there, we're going to kick their butts, and then we're going to go home. You know, uh-huh. But you just don't get that very often from Notre Dame, and, and they're very well-schooled on – you know, be respectful of your opponents. Now, whatever they're saying in the locker room, we don't know. I'm sure it's, hey, we're going to kick the crap out of these guys and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, to the media, it's, hey, look, it's a great team, and we're just focused on ourselves, and, you know, we're going to be ready. It's going to be a great challenge. Well, then the Cincinnati players are saying what they're saying, and now it's like, okay, you know, you poke the bear. You may not want to have done that. You may have wanted to kind of make – hopefully Notre Dame sees this as a not a Power 5 team, and they're looking ahead to Virginia Tech and USC. Well, they're not focused on those teams now. They're focused on you. And that may not go how you want it to go on Saturday. And, you know, the main culprit is the quarterback, Desmond Ritter, yeah. who was talking to Mike Denbrock <laughs> about crowd noise <laughs> at the stadium. And and Ritter says, well, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be a factor for that long, you know, something to that yeah. effect. So, you know, kudos to him, because after you watched the Notre Dame defensive line on film for two weeks, you felt good enough about yourself to go <laughs> run your mouth about that group. You know, props to you, buddy. Props to yeah. you, because that's a pretty gutsy thing to do. But after watching what Notre Dame has done to quarterbacks this season, they're on pace for like 45 sacks. I probably would have not said what he said. Yeah, and now he obviously is a mobile quarterback, as you well know. Dual threat guy, 19 touchdown passes last year, 12 touchdown runs. He's got nine total touchdowns this year. So your thoughts on what you've seen from him and that dual threat capability and how you defend him if you're Notre Dame. Well, he's one of those guys that we've talked a lot about in the past, Sean, that has given Notre Dame problems. You know, that that dual threat mobile yep. guy that, you know, you you may think you've done it, called it perfectly and you've gotten the pressure and, and you're getting to the backfield and all of a sudden he makes a guy miss and then, you know, he's through that line and now there's a bunch of space in front of him, you know. Uh, so that those guys always concern me. You know, there was plenty of snaps against Florida State on third down where it looked like Notre Dame had the right call and, about to get a sack and next thing you know Jordan Travis is running around throwing a ball down the field uh that that's always concerning I, I think for me honestly he's one of those guys I want to I want to keep in the pocket I would I would honestly defend him in very similar ways to in which I felt teams were at their best when they defended Ian Book last year which is keep him in the pocket make him go through his reads and don't let him escape don't let him bail out don't let him cut up and run you know have some sort of, you have to have some gap discipline you have mm-hmm. to be aggressive you don't just sit back there and let him be comfortable in the pocket you want him to stay in the pocket but you want to eliminate his escape lanes and make him sit back and read and i thought indiana did a great i mean tom allen and his staff had a great early game plan against that and he was he wasn't able to get out of the pocket a ton and he was thrown off his back foot and you know thrown interception and should have had another ball picked off and Look, if Cincinnati, if Indiana didn't miss some opportunities early in that game, they had a chance to be up twenty-four to nothing mm-hmm. before Cincinnati scored. Yeah, and then of course Cincinnati found some success when McFadden was kicked out of the game for targeting. That's when things started to ramp up a little bit. But uh, the, the, I, that's how I, I would say, hey, contain them. You know, be aggressive, come after them, but try to try to be be gap disciplined to make him stay in the pocket. And then when he scrambles, he's running into defensive linemen, not running away from them. 
Brian Driscoll with us from irishbreakdown.com, the Sports Illustrated Notre Dame website. Michael Young, former Notre Dame receiver, you know, part of the long list of connections between these two in this game. Anything stand out to you about his play so far this year playing wide receiver for Cincinnati? Now you're kind of seeing what you'd always hoped Michael Young would be. You know, smart kid, tough kid, really athletic kid. Uh, a young man that you look at and say, boy, that's a guy that, that can really do some damage after the catch. He's a guy that can work the quick game. He's, he's a guy that can, you know, be, be impactful after the catch and, and just, a, just a good football player. And, you know, he's not a guy that's going to necessarily light you up a bunch of plays and run a lot of just really like, oh, wow, did you see that Will Fuller type of play? But he just does his job. And if you make a guy, if he can make a guy miss, he's going to have a chance to rip off a big play. He's turned into a bit of a chain mover, which you don't necessarily expect from a guy who's five ten and a half. Uh, he's just a really quality football player. And he's a great compliment. The thing I like about their receiving core as a whole, Sean, is Michael Young, and then you look at Alex Pierce, and then uh, their other receiver who's more of like a vertical, stretch the field kind of guy, whereas Alec Pierce is sort of a, you know, a Javon McKinley type of guy. Uh, and then, you know, and then you have Michael Young and, and then Michael Young's more of the shifty after the catch, sort of like what, uh, uh, if you remember him, uh, the Scott, the kid that, that Clemson had a few years ago, Scott, who averaged about, you know, about nine, 10 yards, a yards, a mm-hmm. catch. It was, uh, um, uh, Artavis Scott, not a home run guy, but just a shifty guy can make plays after the catch, move the chains. They have a really nice compliment. Plus they have two really good tight ends. So that's the thing I makes him makes him effective to me is it's not so much Michael or Alec Pierce or Tyler Scott or the tight ends that necessarily scare you by themselves, but as a unit, they're really good and they complement each other well. So Cincinnati has four sacks through three games. That tends to mean nothing <laughs> when teams <laughs> play Notre Dame, unfortunately. So how do the Irish keep the Bearcats from having a heyday like other teams have had so far this year well you know sacks don't always equal not getting pressure you know I, I think one of the things you look at with Cincinnati is yes they don't have a lot of sacks but they have six interceptions in three games right and I think that's partly due to the pressure that they're getting even though those pressures aren't ending in sacks they are ending in interceptions and and turnovers and, and incompletions you know it's a reason why yeah, I think a pass rush can be determined in three ways, in my opinion. There's three statistics I look at when I'm saying, okay, how disruptive is a pass rush? Sacks is the obvious one, but sacks can be misleading. Right. You could get three third and 12 sacks, and it looks like you had three sacks, but really they were just nobody was open and the guy you know, went down or whatever. Uh, but turnovers are another, especially interceptions and, and strip sacks. And then the third is what's a quarterback's completion percentage? And when you look at, at, at uh, Cincinnati's defense, quarterbacks are only completing 44.3% of their passes. The only quarterback, the only team to go above 50 was Murray State. Indiana was at 42.5. Miami of Ohio was 32.1. That's another sign of disruption. So uh, they are more disruptive than their sacks would, would, would dictate, but that wasn't your question. Your question was how you <laughs> defend it. I think, yeah. number one, you've got to have a Myjay Sanders plan similar to the one you had for George Karloftis. And that's the nice thing is they do play a lot of good defensive ends this year. There's another one coming up in a few weeks when they played USC. So they've had to kind of have that, okay, how do we stop this guy from wrecking the game mentality? I uh-huh. think things you can do is move, you know, chip with a tight end and a running back. But I think other things you do is you spread them out. You throw screens behind them. You bootleg. You move the pocket. I think one of the biggest mistakes Notre Dame has made this year in regards to protecting the quarterback, Sean, is they're not moving the pocket. You yeah, know where the I quarterback agree. is going to be on almost every single snap. Yeah. yeah. And he has been, yeah, he's been stationary standing back there. In the pocket. So, how do you think Notre Dame handles its own quarterback situation then 
this week. We don't really know yet. Maybe we'll find out tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, from a coaching standpoint, if it was me, I wouldn't really feel good one way or the other until we get through Thursday's practice. That that would be my thing. Is is because there always can be set step, you know, setbacks, and maybe he looks good on Wednesday, but then the more and more wear and tear on it, just the more sore he gets. Uh, for me, this is Jack Cohn's team for now, and and he's got to play better than he has the last couple games. But you know, I also think he's played well enough the first two games, and then in the second half against Purdue, where he's warranted that. I think he earned it over a long period of time. If he's healthy, and by healthy I mean fully mobile, uh, I don't think he's gonna. Healthy doesn't mean there's no pain. It's just does that pain limit you at all? Yeah. If he's limited, it's I would It's football. Not start Everybody's him. got some. Correct. <laughs> if he's limited, I would not start him for a couple reasons. Number one is your offensive line's not good, and he's he, he doesn't really get out of the pocket all that well when he is a hundred not help not hurt. Uh, number two, I think you've got to get him healthy. You you know you you can beat Cincinnati with Drew. Pine. You can beat a lot of teams with Drew Pine, but what you don't want to do is get into a situation where where Jack gets hurt further and he's out even longer mm-hmm. because Tyler Buckner's already banged up. Brendan Clark's not healthy, and Drew Pine's about five eleven and one hundred ninety five pounds. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, so so that's my thing is is he's got to be fully good to go because also what is also true, Sean, is is what we had talked about this summer and you, you and I talked about the quarterbacks this summer and one thing that I said to you and I don't remember you disagreeing with me at all is. I don't really care who starts a quarterback. I think they can beat most of the teams in their schedule or any of the teams in their schedule with all those kids. They're all really good football players. Sure. So, uh, and you saw the players rallied around Drew this weekend. If Jack's not healthy, a 100% healthy Drew Pine is better than a 90% healthy Jack Cohn is the way that I look at it. Okay. And plus, I would help. I would want to make sure you get through this game without Jack. You've got Virginia Tech next week, then a bye week you have a much better chance of making sure that he's healthy for the remainder of the season. All right, Brian Driscoll, irishbreakdown.com. Good stuff as always. I will talk to you next Monday. Thanks for having me on, Sean. All right, absolutely. Brian Driscoll, irishbreakdown.com, the Sports Illustrated Notre Dame website. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.